0: Hey, welcome to The Look Back, my pandemic podcast, or hopefully post-pandemic podcast, broadcasting here from the basement of Newman Media Studios. My name is Keith Newman and I'm the host of The Look Back. And this is a place where we have some fun conversations with old friends, a few newsmakers, and some rule breakers, all in the name of sharing insights and experiences along with a little bit of levity and fun. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And if you're so inclined or perhaps even open to some bribery, you'll share this podcast with some friends who might also enjoy it. Let's go on to the show. Now we're on the record, Deb. Welcome to The Look Back.
1: Thanks. It's great to be here. We haven't seen each other for so long, but it's like we get right back into the rhythm, right? You know, it doesn't matter that it was like 20, 30 years ago.
0: (laughs) It's, uh, I, of course we're not that old, but, um,
1: of course is, not. Of course this not. This is so <laughs> fun,
0: too, because I was just mentioning to you, Debbie, um, this for, for all of my guests here on the look back, this is Debbie Gisoni, um, marketing, media, uh, maven, and somebody who I've known for, for quite a long time. I, I mean, I'll reveal a little bit of our history, <laughs> I, but it's just going to be a fun chat. I, I reached out to you, Debbie, to join me on the podcast as I saw some of the topics and subjects you were working in. And I felt like, OK, I don't want to talk to another entrepreneur or investor or former founder. I just want to talk to somebody who is, you know, living life on the other side of all of that stuff. And right, giving, right. Although, no more
1: tech, no more tech talk. Right. I was done well, with that a lot of years ago.
0: <laughs> listen, I love it, but it's, it's good to take a break. So, Debbie, let me give you the mic to you for a minute. Catch. Give us a little bit of background on. On where you're coming from, what you're doing, and and then I have a, f- a few fun questions for you.
1: Sure. Well, I was you and I met, of course, in tech. I was in the media world. For about 15 years and worked my way up through sales and marketing, eventually got into being a publisher. So uh, for a short time, three years, I was publisher of Network Computing Magazine. Now I'm going to date myself. Woo-hoo. But prior I mean, I to that.
0: I could date yeah. you more by <laughs> mentioning visiting me at Businessland with PC Tech Journal.
1: Oh, my God. Gosh, yes. PC Tech <laughs> Journal was another pub I worked on. And Shout do you remember
0: Unix?
1: <laughs> yes. And do you remember Unix Today, which became Open Systems Today? I was associate publisher of that. And then after Network Computing, I was the launch publishing director for Internet Week. Yes. Which, as you know, back this is again now I'm going to date myself. This was back in the late '90s. And at that time, nobody even knew what the internet was, right? It was like, we were calling on people. And I remember our slogan was, the internet changes everything. And people <laughs> looked at us like, what? Really? Yeah. Like we were calling yeah. on media planners and stuff. And they weren't really that highly technical. Of course, the tech people thought it was going to be great. But they I don't think anybody at that time could have ever imagined the explosiveness of the internet and how like now we think of, you know, it's just you know, regular life as usual using the internet. But back then it wasn't.
0: Right. If they they said they knew what was coming next, they were lying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So then I went from high tech to what I consider health and wellness. I had uh, gone through a series of tragedies in my own family and I thought, you know what, this, this, this career I've got to the pinnacle of that career. I'm sort of done with that. I walked away. Everybody thought I was crazy. started writing books to help people overcome life challenges. Then I became certified in hypnotherapy and life coaching. And I still you know, I still do a lot of corporate work, consulting, a lot for nonprofits and things like that in the area of marketing or change management or personal management. But my my love is definitely helping people make their lives better. And you know what, when I think about it, even when I was back in technology, that's really where I got the most buzz from is really helping my team become better people, you know, learning their own gifts and and overcoming their own, you know, kind of personal challenges so that they could be better in their professional world. Which, as you know, you know, in order to be a good leader, a good professional, you need to have your shit together, right? You know, you need to know what you're doing.
0: (laughs) What would would the Debbie today say to the Debbie of back then when you were traveling every day of the week, And uh, fortunately, there was no TSA back then. But
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh, yeah, traveling back then was so much easier. And actually, you know, I used to love traveling then. And I'll tell you why. The reason why is because back then you could get disconnected when you traveled. It was like, it was like a little vacation when oh, I was yeah. on a plane yeah. and no one could reach me and right. I didn't have to do anything and I could just put on the movie. That was just heaven. I did, I did
0: all my catch up reading. Like I would show up on the plane with a, yeah. entire, you know, <laughs> a suitcase my reading material. Right. Right. And the, then we did the oh same commute to the East coast all the time.
1: Yeah. Cause I was on the West coast. The companies I worked with, the publishing companies were always on the East coast. So I yeah. was always doing that you know, bi-coastal lifestyle. But I loved it because I'm from New York originally and it gave yeah. me an excuse to go back and see my family and all of that.
0: Yeah, well, Debbie, that's wonderful. So um, the proud author of a book or a couple books, um, I remember three it, books.
1: Three uh, books, three
0: books. Self, The Note to Self-Love. <laughs> and... Note to Self-Love
1: is a novel right. about bringing self-love into your life. And Vita's yes. Will was my first book that I wrote after I left uh, corporate. And that's the story of my journey going through my personal issues and tragedies with my family, how I came out the other side and how other people could see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. And then after that, I wrote a book about happiness. And the reason for that was that I was writing this book about all these deaths in my family. And I kept getting on these TV shows as a guest and they would put under my name. Debbie Giussoni, death and dying expert. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want to be a death and dying expert. I want to be like, I want to be the happiness person. You know, that was what I'm talking about.
0: To my, to my my audience that has never met you, Debbie, or hasn't had the pleasure (laughs) of her. Folks, this is a woman that walks in and lights up a room. She is definitely not the, thank you. She is not
1: you know. the death and dying person. No, so then my next book was called yeah. The Goddess of Happiness, basically. Absolutely. And that gave people like little tips and, and stories about how they can bring happiness and inner peace into everyday life. And well, then that third book that was no to sell
0: Let's double-click on that for a second, because um, you know, it's still crazy world out there, right? We talk about yeah, you know, the more the so one, now, yeah. Yeah, the 1.0, 2.0 CEOs, the Travis Kalnicks you know. Um, the Adam Newmans of WeWork, you know, all those people that, you know, the crash and burn, work a million miles, fake it till you make it, and all that sort of methodology that went into a lot of that leadership. I think we've sort of combed through some of this and we're starting yeah. to promote better um, balanced CEOs to have some life and have and take some time. And I, at least I read about it. I don't know if it's really happening, but how do you counsel? people that are on that fast track like you were on i was on to some degree too um yes to to find the balance and not go off a cliff or not do some of those reckless things and just make sure you just a a more complete life
1: right well as you said keith when we were back back in the day uh, there weren't you know hr was basically all about just your health benefits you know, they didn't really care about mental clarity, mental wellness. Wellness wasn't even a term that people were using at the time. So when I was going through a lot of personal issues, I felt my only option because I was at a such such a high level and I didn't have any work life balance, nor was it expected at that time, nor did I feel like I deserved that. I had to step off the corporate treadmill altogether for a while to get myself pulled back together and figure out. What it was that uh, united ignited my, my spirit, right, and united me back into whole, into wholeness. Now, as you said, there are you know corporations are recognizing that wellness is really important. Um, happiness. I mean, could you imagine back in the day people saying, "Oh, I want to make sure my employees are happy." nobody cared about that stuff yeah. today everybody knows that employees who are happier who are healthier who feel good about themselves who have a lot of self confidence actually are going to perform better in their jobs so it behooves them now to start incorporating wellness programs and you know therapy and all kinds of other things so when i talk to companies and i have programs that companies can purchase for their employees a whole what I call a self power now um, series uh, that are digital online programs for wellness, and that's only one little thing they can do. But when I talk to companies, it seems like there, you know, some companies still aren't there. A lot of companies are. When I talk to individuals, as you asked, I always try to get to the root of you know what what drives them, what's what's their passion, what's their what do they think their purpose in life, what what kind of lifestyle do they want. Because I had to give up a lot to change my lifestyle, but I didn't really give up anything in the long run. What I gave up was money and title, right? And when all is said and done, that's not going to make you happy. That's not going to make you feel balanced. That's not going to make you feel like you want to get up in the morning. And that's not serving anyone in the world, either other people, and it's not definitely not serving yourself. So it's really important for people to kind of go within and find what is it that's going to make me happy what do i need to I, I have a presentation i'm doing right now i guess this is a this is based on some of my old uh, tech r- roots right i call it reboot your life right yeah. and it's like what do you need to reboot your life to be happier to be healthier to to feel loved or to feel like you're connected to something bigger than yourself and that's really the starting point what's
0: and what are some steps out of that uh you know the that without going too much into your presentation, <laughs> I'm not asking for that, but I do want, like, how does somebody get started? You know, like, how do you make those steps to say, okay, I'm going to conscientiously say, start to build a path that takes these thoughts into my day, as opposed to just waking up in the morning and firing off uh, on hitting my, my OKRs and my, yeah. you know, my, yeah. t- it's,
1: it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. First thing, as you mentioned, is to consciously be aware that you want to change, right? We have to be aware that we want to change. And secondly, we have to be willing to make changes in our behaviors, in our thoughts, in our actions. So if there's no willingness, you can't really get out of the gate, right? So once you have that willingness, then you have to see what kind of programs or people might you be connected to that will help you create the steps to get to the other side, whether that your goal is to be healthier, whether your goal is to be happier whether your goal is to be more loved i mean these are the kind of the universal things yeah. people want i kind of break it down into four areas because there are basically four areas there's your emotional well-being and that's the happiness right there's the physical well-being then that's the health and i don't mean just Health, your physical health. I mean, health and your relate everything external. Your relationships, your career, your your money, your relationship with money. Then there's the uh, spiritual area, which is uh, the connection within to your spirit, to know what what is your spirit trying to tell you to do in life. And then there's the um, the uh the the mental realm actually the mental realm is more the happiness the emotional is more loved everybody wants to be loved in life and that's what my courses kind of are be happy now be healthy now be loved now and be um be zen now which oh, is more the spiritual yeah. okay. <laughs> we so all I'm need gonna, a little gonna, zen in our life right now. <laughs> well, I, i've
0: got I've to download that on my aol discs that you'll loan me and uh <laughs> fire that all up and, uh, but let's go back. For well,
1: now second. everything's digital, you know, you can do it on your own.
0: You, you would think. Um, so I'm going to uh, take you back because this is my sort of nostalgic fun. Um, you started your career in sales as far as I know, right?
1: Yes, um, yes.
0: And while, while things have changed, what do you, when you look back on starting that career in a sales role, um, not to mention being a woman in those in that era, um, yeah. but, but but just in the sales role, do you have any regrets about starting down that path or like, would you have gone a different way? What do you, what are your thoughts about that? And, and in juxtapose that with, if you're going into the market today with what, you know, do you still think that's a good path?
1: That's a great question because I mentor women a lot and, and I was in the tech market, which is predominantly male. For me, I came out of college with a business admin degree and a marketing degree. And I thought, well, you know, I want to go into product marketing. I want to go into a big ad agency or whatnot. But those positions, those entry-level positions uh, did not provide me with enough money. And they did not provide me with anything but sort of an assistant role, like more of a secretarial type role at the Mm -hmm. time. And I was not a good secretary. (laughs) I I would not be good at that role. So sales, what sales did is sales provided me with autonomy and control over what I was making and my advancement, okay? Because in sales, they don't really care if you're a woman or a man, they just want to see results, right? And I was able to build results for companies. And in my first sales job was actually selling computers for AT. I do you remember the Olivetti, the Olivetti computers. I knew nothing about that, you know. <laughs> and phone systems, PVXs. There PVX you go. phone systems.
0: Now we're getting excited. Um
1: certainly was that certainly was not my like, you know, career goal at the time. How but could in you retrospect, ever it was a great path. I don't know. I know, I know. But I did get into advertising kind of in the back door because then I started getting into media and selling advertising. And for a woman, I thought it was a great uh, sales route. And I still do because sales is a wonderful, wonderful area for women to get into because women are naturally more communicative. They're more compassionate. They're more empathetic. Um, And people that you're calling on, I always said to my staff, you know, most people want to be called on by women. And they want they want to be they want to, they want to interact with women, and so when I was in um, CMP Media running publications, so I had two groups of people reporting to me. One was the sales team, and one were the editorial team. So the editorial team were all men, mainly men, tech geeks, right? And on the sales team, it just sort of naturally it was naturally all women because women just gravitated and they did really well and they made a lot of money. And, and a lot of them moved up into different positions. And a lot of them moved into companies like Google later on when Google was just getting started or Yahoo or some of these other tech companies that were, that started at that height of well the beginning of the internet era. So they did all, they all did real well for themselves.
0: We got to work for a couple of interesting companies. You mentioned CMP and I know Zip Davis was also in our yeah. mutual Lydia. Yeah. What exciting. Oh, that's thing. right.
1: We both worked for both of them. I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. and
0: yeah. I would yeah. say at good times, like at the point. Where yeah. they were Being innovative and all about growth and, and trying to create, you know, good cultures. I know it was a, you know, a challenge in some ways, but.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I, I think. Back at those days, especially CMP, because I was there longer, I was there a whole decade, and they really fostered this entrepreneurial environment uh, within their organization. So if you ran a Agreed. publication, it was like you were running your own mini-business. And it wasn't too many, it was you know 30, 40, 50 million dollar business. Yeah. But you had the support of corporate, but you also had the uh, the confidence in in the the management team that. You could make those decisions, you can try new. They allowed you to try new things out. And I think that's what's needed in any corporate culture is to let people shine, let them do what they do best, you know, let them let experiment a little bit, you know, let them stumble a little bit. And it's it's okay because people feel more empowered that way. And that's what I'm about. My company is called Self Power Now, it's all about. Self empowerment. And if companies don't allow people to be self empowered, I mean, look at all this time people have been working from home, right? And some of these companies thought, oh, you know, no work could ever get done at home prior to COVID. And now all of a sudden, oh, projects are (laughs) being done, you know, on time. Uh, People are are meeting on zoom, you know, everything is, is working just fine. So what, what's the problem here? Empower people. If they do better and work at home, then empower them to do that.
0: It's not going back to how it was either. Not fully at least, but so you better figure it out. It's not even a a matter of a choice. You have to figure this out. You have to figure out how to empower your teams. Otherwise you won't grow.
1: Yeah. and, And you won't attract good talent too because now that everybody has gotten the taste right and yeah. and some people it's not for them they want to be more in an office environment but now that some of these people have gotten a taste of yeah i could you know make my coffee at 10 a.m. and still you know start working at 8 or start working at 10 or work at night whatever and and have that flexibility to take care of their own personal needs as well without being tied into an office environment i think that's extremely important for companies to recognize right
0: Yep. So Debbie, somebody with your uh, fantastic track record and history, uh, I'll put you on the spot. Do you have any stories that you're fond of from our uh, days (laughs) gone by? Um, I I look back at at a combination of the trade shows to the phenomenal offsites, and you were known to have a a pretty uh, um, energetic team. (laughs) Uh, Of
1: course, of course. Well, you got to connect
0: with a lot of interesting people. What were some fun memories that you can look back on?
1: Well, first of all, uh, a lot of the women and men that worked for me at that time or worked with me are still friends of mine. So you're right. That was an incredible time um, in the industry. And it was a time that was very flourishing and fun. Lots and lots and lots of fun that we had. I do remember one particular story that I've told before at a Comdex. For those viewers that don't know, Com- <laughs> Comdex is like the one, the one big, big, huge trade show um, for the computer industry right. in Las Vegas every year. It was, it was like the,
0: the computer side of CES today, if you will.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And our company CMP always did like a huge party at some big event warehouse or whatnot that was, you know, had you know top-notch food and entertainment and dancing and whatnot. And I was a publisher at Network Computing at the time. And I didn't look like any other publisher because all the other publishers were in there. I was like 30 or something. Careful, I
0: was there. I was in that role.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of the other publishers were older men in their 40s and 50s. And I also had this like hair down my back and big, you know, it was, it was, Mid 90s, my hair was like out to here down to there, whatever. So I did not have the, the publisher look, which I didn't really care. Um, but I, my the VP of the company that I reported directly to I don't know if he was VP, yeah, I think it was VP. Um, was standing next to me, and in the in walks Bill Gates, um, to this huge room, like, and I could we could see him from the 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 back of the room. And at that time, Bill Gates was like the God of the computer industry. I'm sure sure you remember, right? This is mid nineties now. So everybody was like bowing down to him. And I mean, he came in and it was like the Red Sea parted. I mean, everybody was like, oh my God, look who's here. Like we never expected Bill Gates to come to one of our parties, right? And it's like the Red Sea parted and he's just, and everybody's trying to get his attention. Everybody's like, Mr. Gates, Ms. Gates, you know, whatever, and I'm watching the whole scene from you know the other side of the room. And my smart ass VP that I reported to says to me, I'll bet you hundred dollars you can't get Gates on the dance floor. <laughs> and I was pretty feisty at the time, right? And I'm like, look, hundred dollars, big deal, right? Big whoop, right? But that didn't, that wasn't it. I was up for the challenge. I didn't really know what I was gonna do. And Bill Gates was kind of like walking through the room, walking through the room. And I was sort of like positioned with, you know, just in this one spot. And I just kept staring at him. I was kind of using like mental telepathy, I think, you know, to get his attention or whatnot. And all of a sudden he starts walking towards me, walking towards me, like straight towards me, like literally right in front of me. So I introduced myself, you know, told him who I was, publisher of Network Computing Magazine. And of course, still people are trying to grab him, trying to grab him, trying to grab him. And like in a split second, I said to myself, he doesn't want these people grabbing him. Why don't I give him another uh, another option? So I said, hey, you want to get, a re- get away from all this and just get on the dance floor? And he goes, sure. <laughs> and so... <laughs> <laughs> and so Brought him to the dance floor, and I'm like, I remember I'm walking him to the dance floor, Ugh. and I look behind at my boss, and he's got this look on his face like, <laughs> oh. Oh. This was you probably remember Jeff, right? Jeff Streif, right? Oh, so he sure. got this look on my face like, I I cannot believe she just did that. And I, I kept can totally on see the dance Jeff floor. Streif's
0: uh, look. I just can't see him actually opening his wallet to give you $100.
1: <laughs> Not right then and there. So we danced for a while and, and you know what, because I'm not a techie and I'm not, I wasn't gonna embarrass myself, you know, my yeah. motto with my salespeople was fake it till you make it, you know, you yeah. gotta know a few keywords, but whatever. Yeah. I kind of asked Bill about, um, at that time, I think he had donated a bunch of art or some, something like completely yeah. outside of the tech yeah. world. And we had this great conversation on the dance floor. And it's literally like people formed a circle around us. You know, like, I'm having a
0: little problems with my Windows 95. If I get a prompt, that yes, no.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. I would never go that route because <laughs> I I had been on meetings like that where I got oh, too man. smart and asked too many questions. And then I, I really got myself lost and, oh, and my had gosh. gotten discovered that I wasn't a techie. Right. And so we danced for a while and um, and then I, you know, I I could have kept him there a lot longer, but I just kind of let him go back to his his thing. And so, as you said, you don't know if, you know, Jeff would have um, would have uh, parted with a hundred dollar bill. So about a week later, I got this shellacked. um, uh, I think it was a frame like a framed picture of Bill Gates. The hundred dollar bill was in there. And it said, um, Debbie's $100 bill, get it? Bill for Bill Gates. And I think I still have that somewhere up in my attic. Really, you know? brilliant. It's like, you know, emergency money. I love it. I yeah, love it. Yeah, it was a fun story. <laughs>
0: well, it's fun to mention some great people along the way too. What a fun uh, road it's been. I just, uh, I love hearing these stories. You see why you asked me if I really enjoy my podcasts. I really do. Uh, to see you. To, to hear some uh, uh, nostalgic stories, to share some little bits of wisdom and insight because you've had a fantastic career. You've done some amazing things professionally, personally too. And I know you've had some challenges and hardships that are just like, how you, you can't be prepared for any of this. You just have to go forward. And I think one of the takeaways is we need to share them more too. So whether it's in a book or a podcast or you and I in a conversation out at the park, I think people need to be able to express themselves more personally and more, um, uh, you know, in an exploratory sort of way. Am I doing the right things? Is is it normal to feel this way? Why am I, why am I, you know, anxious? Whatever it is, I don't know what it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's, you know, my podcast. If these kinds of things
0: that can really nourish us and make us uh better just feel good about this whole trip that we're on you know
1: oh yeah i mean life is an amazing journey and my podcast self-power now is where i interview women sorry sorry keith i can't can't get you on I was but why, you, the <laughs> now I feel better, <laughs> why you haven't gotten an invite yet. okay i feel um, better <laughs> well i interview women who have unique stories that empower other women or women who are experts in sure. fields that empower other women to help other women get to a place of you know better health and happiness and love and success and when i do kind of a pre-interview with with these women i say look you know i'm not going to ask you too much about your job or your company or your professional i want to know behind the scenes because we're more than our job we are more than you know we are not defined by our job and they love that, and it's amazing. Some of these women, the incredible stories they've been out, out be, been able to put out there, that actually help other people. Because as you said, when you hear other people's stories, they actually inspire you to say, "Oh, you know what? Maybe I can do that, or I I could get you to that what? place." Or yeah. yeah,
0: you're picking up on a theme that I like to do too. Is I could talk about your success and your strengths all day, and I think you individually have a ton of them, but in general my my focus is always on where's that vulnerability? Where are the things yeah. you're not sure of um, you question you're worried about? Let's go there. Right. Because mm-hmm. I could talk about hitting my sales numbers or even getting awards and prizes and things like that. that but that's, you know, that's self, you know, flagellation. We don't need that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't. Um, and in some ways, you know, you, you have to bring your stories out. And sometimes I say, oh gosh, I'm so tired of telling this story about, you know, all these family deaths and suicide and all this stuff. But in another ways, I say, you know, some people might be hearing that for the first time. They might have gone through a similar situation. And this information might be helpful. So if you do it in a way of service, right? Service to other people, it's much different than just tooting your horn. You know, I certainly in my first book, Vita's Will exposed so much about my, my angst, my, my complete desperation, uh, you know, at one, you know, one side, my career was going fantastically, but on the other side, my personal life was just in, in the pits. I mean, it was falling apart and I told, I was not able to expose that in that corporate market at that time. And then after the fact, I remember, uh, when the book came out, some of my colleagues from the tech market said, oh my gosh, I never knew you were going through that. You know, you never showed it because I couldn't, you know, at that time, it just was not accepted. And it also, I don't think I would have been able to be as successful or keep it all together if I brought all that (laughs) into the corporate market that was going on at home. But it also allowed me to pivot into uh, a new career. Well, one of my careers, I I think I have about 10 of them right now um, going on simultaneously but that's fun. That's the fun of life. You know,
0: it is what you make it. And uh, you're on a great road. Deb, <laughs> great. thanks so much for catching oh, up with me.
1: Yes, I them. loved it.
0: I really appreciate it. It feels like we could go for another three hours too. I do want to encourage the audience to check out uh, your podcast, your books. I think uh, there's nothing but uh, value uh, packed in that. And uh, that we'll have you back here again to check in on you and for sharing some more uh, great information. Thanks again.
1: Thank you. So audience can go to (laughs) selfpowernow.com. Always marketing, right?
0: (laughs) You're the best. Thanks for listening to The Look Back. We do appreciate your support. Welcome any feedback and would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and even consider sharing it with some of your friends. For more information and other cool info,
1: check us out at newmanmediastudios.com.